Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And welcome to episode 317 of Geek Town Radio. I am back this week once again with Robert. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you doing today? I'm very, very well. You, of course, are, are back replacing Bex, who is still buried under piles of stuff. She's actually been down at EGX recently, which is a big gaming thing here in the UK, and was doing panels and stuff there. And of course, managed to miss her train home one of the days and ended up having to sleep at a friend's house because she got distracted by a dog. So <laughs> that's just part for the course i mean if it's not distracted by a dog it's having cats break into her house so. well exactly yeah you know she just seems to attract cute and furry animals but anyway so how are you doing and what have you been up to the last few weeks i'm doing good my job's been kicking off with travel a lot for those people that follow me and matt on uh, random gaming talk they know that i'm having weird audio issues because i'm traveling on the road and so i can't exactly take my pc and everything with it right for that so i am home right now there's a federal holiday and we're getting towards the back half of the year. So there's going to be a lot of federal holidays coming up for the next couple of months. Yeah. Other than that, it's just more of the usual playing games, watching movies. Black Widow finally hit uh, free view yes. on Disney Plus. So I caught that. Annoyingly enough, Free Guy will not be hitting Disney Plus in the States until at a minimum March because of all the fun with lawyers. Right. I know it's I know it hit Disney Plus over there in the UK. Um, yeah. But yeah, I. Uh, don't get to watch it for a while or I get a VPN, which I've kind of been meaning to do anyway. <laughs> yeah, well, that is an option. There are a lot of VPNs out there. It's weird because like with the Hulu shows, it's usually us that get screwed because with a lot of the Hulu shows that go out on Star over here, which is, of course, the adult part of Disney+, Plus, which you don't get, they delay it by a couple of months or by like a few weeks from the Hulu release, I think exactly for that reason, because they don't want people in the US getting VPNs and ignoring Hulu in the US and using VPNs to get it off star instead yeah it's interesting they've not managed to sort that out with the lawyers that's you would have thought that would have been nailed well the article that i read was that it was the uh contracts that were signed for it were signed before disney bought fox and Ah. apparently it's something in the contracts to where the right of first display goes actually through hbo and not uh, disney or any or fox i see it'll probably end up on like hbo max or something like that first and then after that contract expires then it'll go to uh disney plus I see. That's annoying. Oh, well, I'm sure it'll end up there eventually. I know it's been kicking around on things over here. I haven't got around to watching it yet, but yeah. 
What games have you been playing? A lot of games, actually. Pretty much everything that I would like playing has had a big release this month. There's a big thing for uh, update 26 for State of Decay 2. Yeah. So that caught a bit of my attention. Version 1.0 full official release for Medieval Dynasty came out. So I've been playing that. Yeah. And then literally the next week, New Worlds had their official launch. So I've been playing a lot of that as well. That's Amazon's first official game out of their game studio for the studio they bought they created like four or five years ago yeah that one i would actually give a warning on to not quite play yet just because they haven't really sorted out their coding for (laughs) new worlds and it's actually causing the higher end graphics cards to fail and explode and destroy computers yeah i'm rereading some stuff about that that's that's quite a major error that (laughs) they've managed to come up with i've never heard that before but yeah basically what it is is the code in the game is exposing uh, manufacturing flaws in the car to where the game doesn't limit what graphical output you can have right based off of the, the monitor so you can actually have the game output to 4k even if you don't have a 4k monitor mm-hmm. and let's be honest most people don't have a 4k monitor yeah and so because of that it's maxing out the graphics card and when i mean maxing out the graphics card I've seen people running test benches on it to where a card that's rated at 350 watts of electricity for a draw will go 425 watts on a draw for the card and the processor on the graphics card, which is not set to overclock, will be clocking out at 115%. (laughs) Ah, right. Yes. (laughs) And there's actually been a couple of videos of cards that have caught on fire and are smoking, like literal smoke coming off of the graphics card and as an end result the computers will black screen die yeah. and then it's 50 50 on whether or not they'll actually reboot well yeah that tends to happen when your computer sets itself on fire <laughs> so wow yeah i mean i know that's not the game's fault but yeah that's quite a major flaw to find in the specs for the graphics card wow and weirdly it's only on the higher end cards because of the demand for electricity on the card itself and so like the lower end cards aren't really seeing that problem also if you don't have Like I build PCs because I like not having all the software crap on it that you would get on a pre-build bought, but Mm -hmm. I don't put the highest end stuff on mine. And weirdly enough, it's not affecting me. (laughs) Um, They they did actually get their queue fixed because when the game first launched, it was like a four or five hour queue just to get into the game, which as someone who loves irony, the irony of Amazon, a company who's only profits really come from server services doesn't have their server services set up (laughs) just tickled me to no end but they did have that they do have that at least sorted out now to where if you launch the game it'll take a couple minutes for the game to load but then you're not waiting four hours to play yeah yeah i mean that's not an uncommon problem when new mmos launch but yes like you say you would have hoped that somebody like amazon that actually runs server farms should have that sorted really i mean come on but yeah that's been my last couple three weeks so any interesting tv stuff yeah uh it's interesting because the third season of the orville is coming out soon on hulu over here in the states i'm a big big fan of it because i like seth MacFarlane just because he can do scripts and stuff where it's obviously being political without it being just like a crudgel to beat somebody over the head with yes because me personally i think 90 percent of politics is just noise made by idiots (laughs) but we all have opinions and so i never have a problem with hearing somebody's opinion but i always have a problem with somebody being 
this is the only correct answer yeah, of yeah, yeah. thought. Yeah. I hate that. And I've turned off of so many shows because of that, because I don't mind people disagreeing with me. I mean, let's be honest. If the world only had one train of thought, it'd be a boring ass world. Yeah. yeah. But he's really good at crafting a story to where you can see his point of view, but he's not trying to lord it over you. And the Orville was an awesome example of that. Yeah. So it's getting a third season. Yeah. Also recently announced they're rebooting Babylon 5. Yes. And uh, J. Michael Straczynski is actually part of that reboot. So I'm really curious to see, because that show was way ahead of its time mm-hmm. in terms of using CGI and storytelling and things like that. Obviously, being so early in the CGI, it doesn't really hold up very well when you look on on rewatches. Yeah. So I mean, it's interesting with that because it is entirely him behind it. The only slight concern I have for that is it's being made for the CW at the moment, which seems like a slightly odd place to do it for. You know, I maybe would have liked to have seen it directly go to somewhere like HBO Max or a streaming service or somewhere that maybe has a slightly bigger budget than the cw does but yeah i have an instant distrust of anything made by the cw that took the archie comics the most benign milk toast kind of a comic and turned it into that dark gritty nonsense that riverdale is which i still refuse to watch anything of by the way yes i haven't seen it for a very very long time we have got a story on riverdale coming up later but um yeah but neither of us have watched it so <laughs> but it's yes there is something about that later on and and i mean actually the riverdale and sabrina they weren't directly based off the archie comics they were based off the imprint which there is a comic book which is a sort of dark grittier version of it so they they are based off a comic book variant but yeah i think what i struggle with is what they've done with some of the arrowverse stuff i mean you talk about politics in the i mean they really bash you over the head with some of the things and i don't mind some politics in tv shows but really i mean they really tried to bludgeon you with it in that show very unsubtly and uh, that's an issue yep as i described it to my friend steve i quit watching one of the cw series because the writer and this is my description of it was just stroking a hate boner for it yeah in terms of politics yeah there's a few of them that i mean the writing has gone downhill in quite a lot of those i like some of the newer stuff which is less directly arrowverse related but some of those shows are really problematic i want to tune into those to watch superhero stuff and they seem to have sort of forgotten about that in some of them. <laughs> you know, me and Matt, mm-hmm. I, I think we were talking to Matt about it last week about The Flash. I mean, some of the stuff in The Flash, particularly this last season and this season, I've uh, it's a less about the politics with that and more just a case of just terrible writing. You to know? be fair, they have to work around so many COVID restrictions, it's not even funny. Well, yes, um, there is that. You're talking of games. I've been playing a lot of Medieval Dynasty at the moment, which I know is a game that, like say, you've been playing as well i picked it up a while back but i kind of went back in when they released the uh the full version and uh for those of you that don't know medieval dynasty is a is a game where you essentially play a sort of surf who turns up at this medieval village it's um first person you are then given a plot of land and says here you are go and make a town and you can get to build your own little town and you can go on little quests and you can hire villagers and planting crops and shooting animals and all that sort of stuff and the goal of it basically 
needs to build a dynasty so to sort of get a wife and have a kid and i know they are planning things further down the line of sort of activities you can do with your offspring and that sort of stuff but the main focus at the moment is building your own little medieval village and stuff i think i'm in about year three at the moment i'm struggling a little bit to find ways of making money because there have been some ways and then they've suddenly nerfed them which is really annoying so been really good fun though and uh, i mean i love building games and there are niggling little things with some of the production lines in that game but overall i have been quite enjoying it there's quite a lot of stuff to do whereabouts are you with it what sort of point are you at with it well i haven't gotten past a full year yet just because i did play it in the early beta and i found that there is so much stuff to do i immediately switch the season from being three days to ten days which gives you way more time in the game itself Right. I have found the easiest way to make a lot of money is with crops because whatever crops you plant when the season kicks over and you harvest them, not only do you get a ton of whatever you harvested, you basically get two to three times the number of seeds that you planted. So you have enough seeds to plant for the next season and then you can sell the rest of it. So selling the rest of that and then selling the rest of whatever vegetable you harvested gets you a ton of money. So money's not anything I really had an issue with. The biggest issue is that I just cannot figure out the population system in terms of getting people to your village and making them happy. They always leave, and I don't know what I'm doing wrong with that. It could be either you're not supplying them with enough food, possibly, or you're not upgrading the houses enough, because there are various things you can do to get food. You can build a hunter hut and set hunters up and send them out to get food. That actually will sustain you pretty well, rather than doing the crops. You can plant things like onions and carrots and, you know, all those sort of vegetables, but in actual fact, I've like ended up using most of the crop fields that I've put down to make flax particularly because flax seed sells for like 10 silver rather than some of the other crops that sell for like five or three. Flax seeds is actually quite a good way of doing it. So it's possible you've not got food set up properly or firewood is the other thing that you tend to run out of. You need to have somebody feeding firewood into it. It helps if you upgrade the houses as well because you can build the houses out of like, you know, wooden sticks and stuff but you can also build them out of stone and they tend to be a lot happier if they're in stone houses it's possibly something to do with that why i mean i've not i've got like 30 odd people in my village and they're having children and stuff now which is mildly annoying because when they have children the women once they give birth basically stop working and spend two years carrying a baby around so you've then kind of got to try and find other people to fill in those jobs which means building more houses because you can only have like one family a house and all that sort of stuff so it gets quite complicated and the stuff with the seasons is kind of annoying because you can place villagers to do certain jobs in the village such as chopping wood or planting seeds and stuff the problem is there is an interface to say you know i want you to spend 50 percent of your time doing this particular action and 50 percent of your time doing this particular action although you can set that up you can't set that up seasonally and it's not clever enough for it to go oh okay I can't do that this season therefore I'll spend that time doing something else they'll just not work for 50% of the time so the system's a little bit dumb in the way it's set up at the moment I hope that's something they kind of rework now they've got the sort of bases launched so there, it's not perfect there are issues with it but I think there are things that you could probably fix and they certainly I mean I've spent quite a few 
few hours in that game. I think it's certainly one that has a lot of potential to grow as well. Definitely one worth playing around with. It's also a fairly small studio as well, so it's not like they have a couple hundred people they can throw at it. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, they've done a great job to get it where they are because, like you say, they are a very small studio. So there's some interesting stuff which they could change and update in that. Just a few tweaks would actually massively improve things in that. But uh, it's still a really fun game. Have you tried Satisfactory if you like those sort of games? I have not, but I have seen it. Because it's not got as quite detailed production line as something like Satisfactory. And obviously, I mean, Satisfactory is more a futuristic thing because you are setting up a mining colony on a remote planet. You've got to build various factory elements to create production chains to build bigger and more complex things. But there is a sort of certain element to the type of thing that you get in Medieval Dynasty to Satisfactory as well, in that you've got to set up production chains. It's just in Satisfactory, it's building conveyor belts and huge machinery to do things, whereas you're really using village to do it in Medieval Dynasty. But mm-hmm. um, there are similarities, I think, between the two. If you like Medieval Dynasty, I think Satisfactory is certainly one that would be worth looking out at as well. Yeah, the only other thing I've been playing, and it's something that I had absolutely nothing on the radar, so it came completely out of nowhere. It's a game called The Procession to Cavalry. Have you heard of it? No, that's not one I've come across. It is a very bizarre game. It's a point-and-click adventure, very, very heavily inspired by Monty python and the flying circus right the art style is like bang on just a giant love note to that series okay you play as a woman that they don't actually name who loves murder just absolutely (laughs) loves murdering people and it's at the end of the holy war and she's all bummed that she can't murder people anymore (laughs) um but the hero of the holy war who's now the leader didn't actually kill the bad guy and so she's like cool this is somebody i get to murder but you have to spend the whole game not murdering people and then going through a point and click adventure. <laughs> um, time wise, it's set in like early 14, 1500s. Yeah. Very bizarre, very quirky. A lot of music. Like the game opens up with the Star Spangled Banner, which obviously didn't exist back then. Yeah. And then every scene that you go to is another very orchestral thing going on with the actual band in the screen that you can talk to. And every time you go up to them, if you try to interact, you just wind up like clapping because they're so awesome. (laughs) So it's, it's very trippy, very bizarre. But if you're looking for something to quote Monty Python and now for something completely different, I would definitely check out that game. It's super cheap. It's like 10 bucks on steam. It's part of game pass. So if you have that, you can just play it for free. Cool. Uh, What was it called again? I'll have to go look that up. Procession to cavalry. Okay. No idea why it's called that, but that's just what it's called. Okay. I'll have to go and look that up. What are the other things which I actually played a few weeks ago, Jurassic world evolution two, which isn't actually out until I think it's November 9th is the release date of it. But um, I got to have, a play around in that game there is a first impressions article up on the website there's also some new gameplay footage i did an interview with the game director rich newbold for that game as well if you like the original jurassic world evolution jurassic world evolution 2 is basically that and more they've listened to a lot of the community feedback they've added a lot more stuff in there's a whole new bunch of dinosaurs in there's a lot more customization new story they've got this wonderful thing called chaos theory mode which is a kind of what 
massive idea of taking certain scenarios from the films, but you're now in charge of the park. So it's like, uh, what if Jurassic Park San Diego had actually opened and you were now in charge of it? So they've, they've got those sort of scenarios in, as well as an entirely new main story, which follows on from the second Jurassic World film. So there's loads of new stuff in there. The video, actually, I interviewed Rich Newbold, who's the game director of it. He actually confirmed two new dinosaurs in that video. I'm going to mispronounce these horribly, but the the Elasmosaurus and Lilopurudum, I think are the names of them. But he mentioned these just in passing, in casual passing of part of the conversation of saying, oh, these dinosaurs are in there. Apparently, that's the first time he'd actually mentioned that. And that was a confirmation for it. And I completely missed that because I hadn't been keeping track of all the dinosaurs that have been announced so far. And it was actually somebody else, one of the other huge fans of the game, that actually spotted it and highlighted it in a sort of news video and then sent people back to my video as well. So um, thanks to them. They pulled that information out of my video that I completely missed that was an exclusive announcement, which is kind of sad, but there we go. But the game itself, really, really good fun. Well, well worth playing. I, I don't know. Do you play those sort of um, top-down city management type things? I have played a couple of those games. Nothing really recently, but I am familiar with them, so. Yeah. Jurassic World Evolution is a really nice version of that. It's, uh, I mean, it's from Frontier Developments who make all the Planet Zoo and Planet Coaster games, and they do a great job with those. And it's in that sort of vein, but I really enjoyed the uh, playthrough of that, so I'm very much looking forward to playing a full version of that. On the TV side, Walking Dead World Beyond came back for the first episode of season two. I'm not going to go into a huge amount of detail in that because me and Matt do an entire podcast on that, which uh, first one went out on Wednesday. So you can go and get that over at Entertainment Talk. Miracle Workers Oregon Trail. I watched the first three episodes of that. Now you sent me a clip of this, which I mean, just, I was like, I have to go and see this of Daniel Radcliffe gyrating in like leather chaps, basically. <laughs> leather chaps with leather knickers. Yeah. And he's like, what on earth is this? I watched the first few episodes. I have seen the episode that that's actually in as well. I think that episode four is that in. So those are the first, I've actually seen the first four episodes of it. But basic premise of uh, Miracle Workers, it changes every season. This one is called Oregon Trail. It starts off with Daniel Radcliffe playing the reverend at this small dying town and they are trying to get to Oregon through the Oregon Trail. Nobody knows the direction and this outlaw played by Steve Buscemi turns up called Benny the Teen, obviously a take on Billy the Kid, and shows up and he's actually tried to escape the law but sort of pretends that he's knows his way to Oregon so he basically agrees to show them the trail to take them to Oregon and the entire show is them on the road going through the old west it's as hilarious as the first couple of seasons I've hugely hugely been enjoying it have you actually watched this or did you just find that one clip somebody sent me that one clip and it kind of broke my brain a little bit (laughs) but being the Oregon Trail if somebody doesn't die of dysentery I will be severely disappointed yeah I mean literally the opening scene is people dying in that town of various illnesses and he's like yeah we need to get out of here and go somewhere else but yeah there are dysentery jokes in there and there's all sorts of stuff the usual sort of modern references that you get mixed in that shouldn't 
kind of be in there. Like they they meet a couple who are traveling around the country in their wagon. They're sort of free spiriting it sort of around the country and they're kind of horribly obnoxious kind of people, you know. There's all the sort of modern references and stuff in there which shouldn't really be in there. But I mean, it works really, really well. It's very, very funny. The whole thing is actually up on Sky. Now you can actually go and watch it. It's all on demand. So you can go and find it all on there. But it's airing weekly on Sky Comedy as well. So you can go and find that on there. The other thing as well was the Billions finale. Billions actually came to a sort of surprise again. So spoilers for the final episode if you haven't watched it. But it ends with uh, Damien Lewis's character leaving the show. It's not clear whether he'd made this decision beforehand or whether this came after, because I'm sure many of you are aware his uh, wife, Helen McCrory, passed away from cancer earlier this year. So I don't know whether this is directly a result of that or whether he'd already decided that he was going to leave at this point anyway. I will be very sad to see him go, because the entire premise of the show has been based around his character versus Paul Giamatti's character. They had already bought a character called Michael Prince played by Corey Stoll who is sort of a rival of Axis so he was sort of already there and he essentially ends up sort of getting the better of Axe and taking over the whole of Axe Capital but in the process screws over Chuck Paul Giamatti's character so it then sets up this rivalry between those two so it seems that he is going to be taking over as the lead and that's going to be the main rivalry moving forward the rest of the cast are still there so I'm sort of interested to see how this works for the sixth season looks like they basically went straight into filming the sixth season because they shut down for a bit obviously because of covid they ended up splitting season five into two halves so it, it has only just finished in the us and in the uk the sixth season is actually coming back in january so they're not that much of a break until it returns again so i'm looking forward to seeing that coming back as well but i thought it was a really good finale how they wrote him out and uh, i think that worked really really well that's all the stuff we've been doing for the last couple of weeks. Let's move into the TV and film news. We can- Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Kick off the TV and film news with the renewals, cancellations and pickups. We have only one cancellation this week, which is good news. It's a show called Dash and Lily, which was a romantic comedy which was uh, on Netflix. I think it's actually ended about a year ago and they finally got around to saying that they've cancelled it and it's not coming back. That isn't returning if you like that show. One renewal as well, which is Foundation, which is the Apple TV Plus show, which has been spectacular so far. I mean, it's a crazy, really what would have been a few years ago a completely unfilmable story and uh, they're doing a really good job managing to hold that together that has been renewed for a second season that's based on the Isaac Asimov novels the uh, other thing which they've announced is um, NCIS Hawaii and FBI International have both had full season pickups at CBS as well so both of those will be getting full seasons which I don't think comes as any huge surprise that either of those are coming back given that it's NCIS and FBI in terms of pickups and other news 
news. Channel 4 and the other channels are still suffering horrendous problems from the Red Bee media fire slash incident. It's still not entirely clear whether there was actually a fire. I don't know whether you heard about any of this, but basically Red Bee Media is a broadcast centre in the UK, which apparently handles the outgoing broadcasts for quite a lot of the different TV channels. And they had smoke appear in one of the rooms. And what happened was because there was smoke, the fire suppression system kicked in and sucked all the oxygen out of that particular server room. But in doing so, it created some sort of sonic blast, which fried every single piece of equipment in the room. And because of that, it took Channel 5 off air, Channel 4 off air, and has completely screwed a bunch of the other channels because it also handled things like subtitling and audio descriptive services. So Channel 4 doesn't have any subtitles or audio descriptive. I think a number of the BBC shows don't either. This was like three weeks ago, and they still haven't managed to get it up and running. One of the other things that it took off air was for music. So if you go to for music on Sky right now, the channel that you're seeing isn't for music. It's a feed of the Box Hits channel, which was also owned by Channel 4. The reason that I'm mentioning this is because the 100 season 7 was due to be broadcast on the 15th of October on for music. And I've had a lot of people messaging me saying, it's not on there, it's not on there. The reason it's not on there is because the thing that is on the EPG right now isn't for music. It's the Box Hit music channel. What they are saying basically is if they can get for music back on air by the 15th, the 100 will air on the 15th. If they can't, they are looking to try and air it around the 28th. But again, it entirely depends on whether they can get it back up and running. But it seems having everything run through this one particular company was a really, really bad idea because, I mean, it's been three weeks and they're still not back up and running, which is really not a good sign. I can't imagine the US having like, I mean, it's like everything running through one server. Seems like a really bad idea to me. Yeah, um, I hadn't heard of that, but I'm not overly surprised that it's taken that long. Part of what I do, I do work for the as a contractor for the state government, and I've seen server rooms, and they are set up to where if something goes wrong, they don't dick around. Like they use a fire suppression system. That will literally kill you if you're in the build, if you're in the room. Well, yeah, because it it will suck out all the oxygen and dump out a a non-liquid based foam to kill the fire. And if you're in that room when it happens, you're dead. You suffocate before you even know you're dead. Yeah. As for everything running in the room, I mean, bureaucracy. I've seen projects that under normal circumstances would take two weeks, take two years. So no real shock on that one. Yeah, I think if it had just been related to one channel or they'd had a decent sort of backup, I get it. But like Channel 5 is running in emergency mode now, which is what that little symbol is. You might see a little black and white symbol in the top right-hand corner of the screen. That signifies that it's running in emergency mode, which basically means it's running out of a different location. 
Channel 4, as I say, are still running from a backup location and still can't get their subtitles back up. And apparently subtitles across the various different channels are not working because they handled that for a load of different people. I mean, this does not look good for them, the fact that they haven't managed to get something back up and running and just not a good look at all. We'll see whether it all manages to resolve itself. But like I say, in terms of broadcast, particularly for our audience, the 100 premiere that was, I mean, it's already been like over a year since it finished broadcasting in the US. Season 7 of the 100 was supposed to go out on the 15th. That may not happen now because of all this uh, stuff with Red Media. They are saying the 28th is another possibility, but again, it very much relies on whether they can get anything back up and running by then. So we'll see. Another big launch in the UK was Sky announced something called Sky Glass, which is a new streaming TV which has Sky built into it. It's a UHD Quantum Dot Ultra HD 4K Dolby Vision TV that comes in 43-inch, 55-inch, and 65-inch. It's got Dolby Atmos 3.1.2 output speakers built in, so that's three outward firing, one central subwoofer, two upward firing speakers. It's got Sky integrated direct directly into the TV so there's no need for a dish there's no separate box it's got voice control and Wi-Fi built in so it's the first time you can actually get Sky directly off Wi-Fi without a dish they're saying it's the world's first TV to be certified completely carbon neutral in terms of the cost it's going to be £13 to £21 over 48 months interest free or you can pay up front and get it for 649 to £1,049 for the TV Plus, there's obviously the Sky package and your broadband on top of that. But it doesn't seem overly unreasonable in terms of price for the TV. I mean, a 65-inch TV for 21 quid a month for two years. And it seems like it's a pretty decent spec TV. I mean, it kind of depends on whether you're in the market for a new television or not and whether you want to be tied directly into Sky that much. Um, and mm. how good your Wi-Fi is, because that's the other thing as well. Yeah, this I have several questions on. First off, I'm curious as to who's actually manufacturing the TV, because I seriously doubt it's Sky. Yeah. I think the name naming it Sky Glass is stupid, because that just reminds me of Google Glass, yes. the failed attempt yeah. of augmented reality glasses. I seriously question the carbon neutral thing, just because I worked for years in electronics recycling. I've seen there's no such thing as carbon neutral. Mm-hmm. There's always something. Thing. It might just be strictly in the manufacturing part of it. Yeah. But even then, I mean, you got to get it to market. So does that factor in the transportation from wherever it's being manufactured to wherever it's being sold? Mm-hmm. It yes. sounds cool as a marketing term, but I just don't buy it. Outside of that, I think it's just because I live here in the States and the TV manufacturing has absolutely no connection to television broadcast. So that seems a little weird, but I've seen weirder stuff. So this is uncommon over here as well. I mean, this is kind of a very new idea of actually having the broadcast service actually selling the TV itself with the service built into it directly. That is unusual. There are advantages to this in that it is Wi-Fi and, you know, Sky generally comes through a satellite dish and this is the first time you'll be able to get full Sky directly 
through Wi-Fi. So if you're in an apartment building that won't allow you to put a dish on the outside, which is quite common, this may be quite a good option for you. There is a question as to whether you want to throw away your current TV for one of these. And I kind of want to see how reliable the tech is before I make any sort of switch. So I think there are advantages to it. And if it is a decent quality TV, I think it's actually not a bad deal, but I sort of want to see it working in action and some people having a play around with it before I'd commit to it, you know, because I mean, I get why they're doing it. It makes sense for Sky because it ties you into Sky and it ties your TV into Sky. So I entirely get why, because the problem Sky has been having is it is quite expensive and you can get most of the stuff that you get off Sky on Now TV, which they also own, but for a fraction of the price. So I can see why they've come up with this as a possibility. And I don't think it's necessarily a bad product, but I do want to see the quality of what they've actually produced and how well it works before I commit to anything. That's Sky Glass anyway. It is out there. You can go and check on the uh, Sky website for more information about that. There's a whole bunch of trailers dropped this week because it was New York Comic Con and a load of things came out from that. Uh, House of the Dragon, which is the Game of Thrones people, that got its first trailer. Were you a Game of Thrones person? I don't know whether you watched that. I watched it just because it was part of the zeitgeist and everybody was talking about it. Didn't really care for it that much. Um, I mean, some things were interesting, but I never got like the obsession with it. Yeah, I enjoyed it until you got to that final season and they really screwed up that final season i mean it takes some talent to screw up a final season to the extent of it kills even people going back and wanting to rewatch the previous seasons <laughs> you know probably the, the funniest thing was have you ever seen uh, parks and recreation i've seen a few episodes of it it's one that's on my very long list of things that i need to go and sit and watch through yeah in the last season they did like a, a five-year time jump but it was still like a couple three years before the last season of game of thrones came out mm -hmm. and there was kind of a throwaway line to where one character was talking about how they were excited for the upcoming marriage between Daenerys Targaryen and uh, Johnny Depp's uh, character from Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> and the next character said, that makes no sense. And then the character says, well, if you'd have read the books, it would have made more sense. <laughs> and that was like, like I said, that was like a good two, three years prior to that last season coming out. Yeah. And the fact that they kind of predicted the last season being so bizarre is very, very bizarre. Yes, that's funny. There is a small trailer up for House of the Dragon, which shows you the first footage of it. I mean, I'll watch it. I don't want to kind of... There are different people involved with this show. It's not the guys that sort of ruin the final season of the main show. So we'll see how it works. But yes, it has lost some of its shine. We'll see whether it works or not. We've got some advanced air dates as well. Uh, Young Sheldon season four, which I mean, season five is about to start in the US, but season four is finally premiering over here. That's on Wednesday, the 20th of October at 9pm on E4. That has landed. Lock and Key has got a premiere date for season two. That's on the 22nd of October on Netflix. Dexter New Blood has got a premiere date. That is coming Monday, the 8th of November at 10pm. I think that's airing the day after the US. So uh, that's coming pretty close. Hannah, which was a really, really interesting drama on Amazon. That's got a season three premiere date. That's the 24th of November. 
Lost in Space is back for its third and final season. That's coming the 1st of December. And The Expanse Season 6, and that's its final season as well. That's got a premiere date of the 10th of December as well. Have you watched any of those? No, not really. I mean, I'm familiar with Dexter. I've just never seen it. Uh, Lost in Space, I honestly forgot about. (laughs) Um, The Expanse, I have seen the first couple seasons. And it's just one of those on my list that, yeah, I need to watch that. And then I completely forget about it. Yeah. The Expanse is a really, really good show. uh, But it is one that you kind of need to dedicate your time to and pay attention to because it gets quite complex as you kind of get through it. I am looking forward to Dexter coming back. I think that's really good. I'm still only like halfway through the first season of Lock and Key. That's my show that I kind of go, oh, yeah, I must go back and finish that. Hannah, I'm looking forward to coming back. I came to that quite late, but that's a really good thriller that uh, I really enjoyed. And uh, Lost in Space has been off air for like two and a half years or something, but I'm glad that's coming back and that's finishing as well. So... Moving on to other things, Doctor Who has also got a premiere date and a tiny, tiny little trailer. That's going to be returning in October, they have announced. The little teaser trailer really doesn't give much away, but they have given us a title for it. It's called Doctor Who Flux. So this season is only six episodes. Rather than a sort of monster of the week with a season-long story running in the background, it's going to be six-episode continuous story over the entire thing which I think possibly will suit Chris Chibnall a bit more because that's more the sort of thing that he always used to do was those sort of shorter seasons like Broadchurch and that sort of thing it's going to be those six episodes and then it's going to return around New Year's Day for a festive special then it's going to get another special in spring then a final feature length special which will be in the autumn 2022 and that's going to be the regeneration episode and then Jodie Leaves Chris leaves and it all gets handed over to Russell T Davis for 2023 and whoever becomes the new doctor who we don't know at the moment. The new trailer doesn't really give a huge amount away other than saying the flux is coming and bringing with it Santarans, weeping angels, some creatures known as the Ravagers and enemies from across the universe. So it basically seems like Chris Chibnall has just gone, screw it, we're just going to throw everything into this final season. <laughs> just as like pulled out the Doctor Who toolbox and just thrown every villain he possibly can in there. We'll see how that plays out. But um, we know we're getting at least one new companion and another new character. So uh, the season's going to kick off in Liverpool where they meet a character called Dan Lewis who is going to be played by John Bishop we're also going to meet a character called Vindar who's played by Jacob Anderson from Game of Thrones he's going to be a recurring character in this six episode season as well and Mandip Gill is back as Yaz for this season following the departure of Graham and Ryan he's Doctor Who one that you keep up with I kind of fell off of Doctor Who I did see it from the original launch with uh, Eccleston yeah and I liked it and then uh, obviously david Tennant came in and he was just fun energy mm-hmm. um i was a little concerned with matt smith but he really won me over because my big question was how is somebody that looks that young gonna sell being that old and he really did it he yeah. really did a good job i wasn't the biggest fan of capaldi he kind of warmed on me a bit but that last season just got super preachy and super political in mm-hmm. the worst ways and I just had a bad feeling about it. Yeah. And then I watched the first two episodes with the uh, Jodie Whittaker and I'm like, yeah, they're just going to, you know, beat you overhead with this. And I was like, nope. And I'm out. Yeah. That first season, 
season of Chris Chibnall's and Jodie Whittaker's was not great. It got better in the second season. They actually found a bit more of a footing and she's actually quite good. She just suffered from not particularly great writing, I think, yeah. is the problem with that. I'm very excited to see Russell T. Davies come back and I'm going to be quite interested to see what he does with it now as well. And it's like a centenary thing at the BBC and I think it's the 50th anniversary of Doctor Who as well. So there's, there's a whole bunch of things going to be happening when Russell T. Davies comes back and whoever takes over the new Doctor, that's going to be a huge role for them. But uh, we don't know yet. So we'll see. Over on Disney Plus, they've announced, well, not Disney Plus have announced, but it has been revealed by some of the trades that there is uh, a WandaVision spin-off in the works starring Catherine Han. Catherine Han, of course, played the sort of nosy neighbour who was then revealed to, spoilers if you haven't seen WandaVision, revealed to be Agatha Harkness, who is a sort of all-powerful witch that was trying to steal Wanda's powers. We don't know much about it other than it's going to be some sort of dark comedy. When we left Agatha, Agatha, Wanda had basically condemned her to being the sitcom character that she originally portrayed herself to be. So sort of wiping her memory and shoving her back in the town that they were in as this sort of nosy neighbour character. So presumably this will be her kind of breaking out of that and discovering that she is actually a witch again. So I would guess that's the way that they're going. It's from Jack Sheffer, who is the head writer, was the head writer on WandaVision. He's going to be the writer of an exec producer on it, but we don't really know any more about it than that at the moment. I think that could be quite an interesting one to take on. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of Catherine Hahn. I've been watching her career forever. Um, I first remember her from a show she did way back in the day in uh, 2001 called Crossing Jordan, which was kind of an early procedural kind of from the perspective of a coroner. She kind of it was in that kind of police world. Yeah. Um, she did a hilarious character in uh, Matthew McConaughey movie, uh, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, she's done a ton of stuff. She's always working. Had a great, hilarious recurring character in Parks and Rec, going back to that. So, yeah. I'm not surprised that they're going to do a spinoff character with her because she's just that awesome. It's just one of those things that that role was amazing for her. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm all for it. I can't wait. I can sort of see, I mean, we don't know what the plot's going to be, but the idea of her kind of discovering that she's been betrayed and getting her powers back, you'd almost kind of looking at maybe a dark, twisted version of sort of Bewitched. And she, you know, mm-hmm. she sort of, you know, she's this housewife that suddenly realizes that she has all these powers. That's going to be kind of interesting, I think. She's apparently next playing Joan Rivers in a limited series for Showtime. She's also in The Shrink Next Door, which is a new comedy on Apple TV Plus with Will Farrell and Paul Rudd, also from the MCU. And she's in Knives Out too, as well. So she, she's quite busy at the moment. She's uh, got lots mm-hmm. of things kicking around. But I, I think that's going to be interesting to see her. Uh, come back if that moves forward it's in development at the moment that one division series so we'll we'll have to see whether it actually comes to fruition it's d23 fairly soon so we may get an official announcement uh when's d23 november 19th 20th and 21st d23 so we may find out more then but we'll have to wait and see that riverdale news i mentioned earlier it's been announced that sabrina from the chilling adventures of sabrina is finally going to turn up in riverdale which was always the plan originally i I mean, the Sabrina series was pitched 
as a spin-off series to run on CW and then Netflix offered them more money. So it ended up being a Netflix series and kind of squashed any possibility of them doing crossovers at the time. So Sabrina is apparently now turning up in Riverdale. Now, I, as you said, you don't watch this. I don't watch this. From my understanding of Riverdale, I mean, it started off as being this sort of interesting little teen drama about some kids in school. There was a murdered kid and it was a big kind of murder mystery thing. That was all fine. Since then, the latest season apparently has included a possible alien abduction and ended with Cheryl invoking a curse originally spoken by her ancestors who has been burned alive as a witch at the time. And it targeted RG, Jughead and Betty. So that's the sort of lead into bringing Sabrina onto the show, apparently. So they've got into aliens and witches. I mean... Yeah. <laughs> I don't watch the show. I haven't seen it for very... I dropped out, I think, partway through the second season. Sabrina's going to turn up in episode four. It's going to be like a five-part opening event thing in season six. Yeah, see, hearing things like that just makes me... Uh, remind me of the third uh, Austin Powers movie where he tries to explain time travel. Yeah. And then he gets a little bit into it and says, and now I've gone cross-eyed. Yes, I know exactly what you mean. I have sort of thought maybe I should jump back into this. I think Matt watched the finale just to see where it was going. But I, well, I, this is how bad it is until somebody explained to me it was like in the third season. I didn't even know that it was based off of Archie comics. I just saw <laughs> Riverdale, but I honestly did not make the association between Riverdale and the Archie comics until I was randomly talking with somebody about it. And I pulled it up on uh, IMDb's website and I'm looking at the names. And I'm like, this is Archie comics. What the hell? Uh, yeah. As I say, there is a kind of adult horror spinoff in comic book form. There is genuinely a version of the comic book, which is a sort of darker, more, adult version of Archie so that's what they based it off and it's the same with Sabrina which based off that adult imprint of the Archie comics but they are the same characters so that's where it came from it is very weird because I remember when I first heard the news I was exactly the same reaction of like they're making what now <laughs> so yes it just seems to have gone off in this really odd weird direction as the seasons have gone on but anyway, if you like the chilling adventures of Sabrina, then uh, she will be showing up in Riverdale next season, apparently. And lastly, that 70s show is getting a spin-off, which I think they've tried before, but they are trying again. It has actually been ordered. They are making the 90s show at Netflix. This is going to include original 70s show cast members, Kurt Wood Smith and Deborah Jo Rupp, who played Red and Kitty. They're also going to be exec producers on the show as well. So it's set in 1995 and it follows Leah Foreman, the daughter of Eric and Donna, who is visiting her grandparents for the summer where she bonds with the new generation of Point Place kids under the watchful eye of Kitty and the stern glare of Red. Sex, drugs and rock and roll never dies. It just changes clothes. So that's the strap line for it. It's from the people that made the 70s show. So it's, it's all the main people behind it. You've got that crossover of uh, having Red and Kitty back. 
no mention of any of the other cast members but i think that's kind of a way to do it you know introduce a new bunch of kids but have the adults still being the kind of stuck in their ways adults in there so i think that sort of works but um it's a netflix series so it's 10 episodes don't know when it'll gonna land presumably sometime next year but it's called the 90s show did you watch the original 70s show yeah i'm familiar with the original 70s shows um a lot of people probably aren't going to be on it. I don't see uh, Danny Masterson reprising his role. No. I am curious. Didn't they recast uh, that daughter a couple of times? I know they did at least once where she was just gone for the longest time. Yeah, I remember something vaguely about that. I've not seen every episode. I've seen quite a few of the original series. I don't know. I mean, I think this is an interesting way of doing it, of having it, of being the child of Eric and Donna without needing to have those people back but keeping the adults there because it was always that sort of relationship between the adult characters and the child characters i think that works quite well although i mean the fact that it's a 90s show and that's sort of been done as a nostalgia thing kind of well, depresses they also me try to do, they also try to do a spin-off right after that show ended called that 80s show yes but that didn't last very long it has been ordered it is coming to series so it's called that 90s show it will be coming to netflix at some point presumably next year but we'll have to wait and see that's all the news we've got for this week let's move on to some highlights for next week on tv highlights for next week we have uh, quite a few things starting and things coming back reservation dogs he's coming to star on disney plus that's on the 13th of october it's a coming of age comedy about four native american teens growing up on a reservation in eastern oklahoma that's been getting quite good reviews i think so uh, i think that could be quite good fun guilt season two of that starts on uh, bbc two on the 14th of october that's at 9 p.m uh, another life which is the katie Sack off space series which i think a lot of people were quite surprised that got renewed but it did and uh, that's coming back for a second season on the 14th of october it was quite a fun sci-fi series i thought that was i quite enjoyed that i don't know whether you caught that i completely missed it um right now my only netflix is the great british uh, bake-off yeah. although it's branded here as the great british baking, baking show. show yes yeah and that first episode of seeing nolf and paul hollywood dressed up as 90s era billy ray cyrus singing a parody song of achy breaking heart <laughs> was just so bizarre excellent excellent well i'm glad it's entertaining you i honestly i i'm a terrible british person i don't watch make off at all but uh yes uh, you also partner with bex who doesn't like tea so you're both terrible british people. yes that is true that is true we, we really should have our britishness revoked Next, the the 100, as I mentioned, really depends on whether Four Music comes back on air. But I mean, that is still in the listings for the 15th of October, but that very, very much depends on whether they actually manage to get Four Music back on air by then. Also on the 15th, I Know What You Did Last Summer is coming to Amazon Prime. That's a brand new series based on the original books and a bit of the film franchise. So that is a series based on I Know What You Did Last Summer. That's coming to Amazon Prime. You returns for its third season. That's on the 15th of October on Netflix. Cobra Cyber War, that comes to Sky Max on the 15th of October. That's on at 9 p.m. That's the second season of the Robert Carlyle series where he plays the prime minister and dealing with crises and stuff. Hightown returns for its second season. That's on Stars Play. That's on the 17th of October. Succession returns on the 18th of October. That's simulcasting with the US. So that's going to be 2 a.m. and then it will repeat at 10 p.m., I think. So that's back for its third season. 
Fear the Walking Dead returns for season seven. That's on AMC Global in the UK. It'll also be available to buy, I think, on Amazon. It's not on Amazon Prime, but on Amazon. It comes onto Amazon Prime after about a year. But uh, if you want to see it and you don't have AMC Global, it will be available to buy on normal Amazon. That's on the 18th of October at 9pm for Fear the Walking Dead season seven. The Good Doctor returns for season five. That's on Sky Witness on the 19th of October at 9pm and Impeachment American Crime Story that lands for the third season of American Crime Story that's on the 19th of October at 9.15 that's everything to uh, come up this week there's going to be lots of things around as we get into sort of new seasons of shows if they want to find more of your podcast stuff uh, where can they find you? Well I podcast with Matt over at entertainmenttalk.org we do random gaming talk every week and then we'll occasionally do recaps of shows for movies or whatever. We actually never got around to doing a, a review of the Loki series because we were trying to get Dex on because she's such a huge <laughs> yeah. Loki and Tom Hiddleston fan, but her schedule just didn't allow it and it kind of whiffed. There's no real plan right now to do a what if review because he's super behind on it. I just finished the last episode. I'm super bummed that they actually cut an episode out and they're going to shoehorn it in another season because it really doesn't explain a character in the finale. Right. Um, I don't really live stream at all, so I'm not on Twitch or anything like that. So yeah, entertainment talks about the best place to find me and Matt doing other stuff. You can go and find Robert and Matt over on entertainmenttalk.org for uh, lots and lots more podcasts over there. And of course, we are doing The Walking Dead. I'm doing that with Matt over there. Both the uh, last episode of the main Walking Dead this week, and then we'll be doing The World Beyond as well. That will take over for the next few weeks as well. For other people as well bex you can go and find at twitch.tv forward slash trista bytes that's b-y-t-e-s for lots of silliness and sitting in boxes and playing retro games and uh, all sorts of other ridiculous stupid things over there you can uh, also find daryl at hollywoodnorthnews.net for all those tv series you love which are shot in canada for us you can go to the website at geektown.co.uk throughout the week and see all the latest air date information if you want to get in touch with your questions or comments email us on podcast at geektown.co.uk leave a message on the website post find us at geek town on twitter on facebook at facebook.com forward slash geek town on youtube at youtube.com forward slash geek town and on instagram at geek town uk that is everything we shall see you next week bye bye Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code buttery exclusions apply see site for details